0: Welcome to Carrots and Suffering a D&D Odyssey, I am Nate, your Dungeon Master, and this is nearly the end of Book 3 or the first half of Campaign 2 in our mini-year journey. Thanks for hanging out with us, you can let us know that you're still here with a rating and review. Last time on Carrots and Suffering, our heroes invade the Draconic Temple of Nodig disguised as pilgrims, and things quickly turn violent. So you? head into this temple complex. Dread, by the way, his eyes are like saucers as he's taking in all of these carvings and analyzing them. That creature there is the guardian of the temple.
1: So
2: I hope you don't have an objection. We're, we're killing it.
1: Now? Like
3: right now?
2: Our
0: heroes freed a bunch of prisoners and then recruited a local guide to get them to the dragon horde.
3: Creden wants to whisper before we engage it that we should try to capture it alive so it can tell us where the horde is because we do have multiple paths
0: don't you have a spell for that
3: yeah cast suggestion on it yeah
0: cretin secured some sort of ancient packed item and switched patrons mid-episode your understanding of magic is passable <laughs> i wouldn't normally choose you
1: <laughs> Rude.
0: our heroes encounter the banished former mayor of sternheim val rictus trying to redeem his honor by single-handedly attacking bison at his own lair and
2: talk Val into helping in exchange for a pardon. Maybe you could, in the middle of a conflict, and that would help redeem you. After Bisonth shows up. Well, you're the judge. I think that sounds amenable.
3: Perhaps some kind of something could be arranged for your aid in this.
2: With that, they flee the lair, claiming some dragon
0: scales from the dead Drake Guardians. All right, let's get into it. Hi, I'm Nate, and I will be the Dungeon Master.
1: Mandy, I play Boulain, the Grave Domain Death Cleric, not ready for another
3: fight. Hi, I'm Claire, and I play Creedon, the Warlock of Love. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hello, dear listener. I'm Robert. I'll be playing Xeris, the Dragon Slayer. I pick up a giant green dragon scale and then jump in the pool of water. Okay.
3: Are they like heavy? Are they valuable?
0: They're definitely both of those things. The dragon scale weighs about as much as palm-sized hunk of very thick leather. The green one is, of course, more like 10 pounds because it's big.
3: Creighton wants to grab one of the black ones and... Stuff it in her bag.
0: You have a black dragon scale the size of your hand. The prisoners that you freed spill into the water and start swimming
2: out of this grotto thing. Uh, yes, I am joining
1: them. Yep, we are all getting out of this grotto thing. I am not waiting. Creighton climbs in, and then we need to get the fuck back to the locker. <laughs> you pop out, and your canoes
0: are there, just right where you left them. Of course, your canoes can only carry six people, and you freed several.
1: I think they're on their own, right? I mean, we freed them, they can figure their own shit out.
3: We did what we could.
0: Okay, they start swimming for it. The one that might matter is Valrictus, who volunteered to come back to the lock to help you but cannot fit in your boat.
3: Oh, yeah, he is a pretty good dragon killer. Hmm. Are there any other boats around? They had to get these people here somehow.
0: Yes, they did. I
2: believe they can carry them.
0: You imagine it was not a pleasant experience, given mm. the lack of
2: boats. <laughs> I have no way to help him myself, except to row harder in a boat.
1: So the lizard men who let us come here, because it turns out they don't really like serving the dragon, do they have boats in their village?
0: You did not see a single boat in the lizard village.
2: Can we three up in one of them for some kind of penalty or something, or it just will not work? To put Boulain and Creedon in one boat.
0: You can put Boulain and Creedon in one boat, put the two small people in a boat, and three up. It's crowded.
1: What if Boulain, Creedon, and Dread take one boat, because we're all three pretty small? What is your con scores?
3: The total score? 16. 14. Uh, none of well, you that's... are all
2: that small. Yeah, that's still... that's. Pretty good.
3: Who are you calling not that small? Excuse me. <laughs> are you calling fat?
1: I
2: have the lowest constitution of the three of us.
1: I don't feel like con is about our size. That's about our hardiness. It's not. Yeah. I mean.
0: Agreed. I was assuming all of you had like a strength of eight. I have a strength of eight.
3: Oh yeah. Who's got a row? <laughs> So the
1: next stat that might determine your size would have been... I feel like strength is more of a size indicator than con. Mm.
3: Yeah. Okay, well, you're reasonably small. Creighton is small, but terribly dense. Dwarves are small and
1: usually have a high con. I mean, they're tough bastards, right? I wouldn't describe them as small. They are short,
0: but chunky. It's true. Yeah, okay. So Dread Zero is the smallest person in the group by far. He's even teenier than Creighton. So Dredd and Creedon will climb in a boat. Boulane, if you want to climb in with them, we can have the three small people in a boat.
1: Okay, we'll do that so that Val can
0: come with us.
3: I feel really bad that we're just like, this guy getting our boat, everybody else, I don't know.
0: <laughs> you got this. The rest of them, which are a pool of merchants and whatever, look around. And as you row away, they seem equally confused. They might choose a direction later. We'll see. You head into the swamp, heading back to the lock.
1: We're going to try to take all the precautions that our guide had us take coming in.
0: Okay, you're going to avoid all the same things you
2: avoided?
1: Yes. You want a survival roll for that?
2: Not yet. I'm going to also going to ask Val Rictis to do the rowing for the first portion, so I can take a short rest.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, Val will absolutely do the rowing. He is in good shape, except for the
2: horrific acid burns on his face. My gain for life put me above double digits.
1: Oh, That's good. You got thrashed, didn't you?
2: Yeah, take that short rest.
1: Ghoulain will attempt a four-hour rest if she can while we're going.
0: You won't be able to do a long rest in the canoe. No spell slots. It's just going to be too inconvenient. But you can do a short rest.
3: Creedence sees you trying to relax. Uh, she's probably half sitting on your lap, half sitting on <laughs> Dredd's lap. But she just leans over to you and says, there there's something up with my magic. I don't know if it, it it, it's wrong. Well, it, it's not. It's not wrong. It's. It's. I, I. don't know. Did you see? It's different. I
1: noticed you did a spell that I thought only I could do out of our group.
3: I don't. I don't even know what it was. I mean, it felt. It felt good. But well, did something
1: happen while we were going for the horde? Mm. I did not go in with you. Did you? Did you touch something?
3: I mean, I did get. Something that, uh. I mean,
1: we all took what we could carry, and you seem to be the only one dealing with something strange. Did you take something else?
3: Kid takes a big sigh and just looks at Boulet. I can cut the crap, right? You already know about the.
1: Yes, Creedon.
3: My entanglements with the Fae.
1: I knew that. Does Dread know that?
3: <laughs> I'm whispering in your oh, okay. ear.
1: <laughs> yes, Creedon.
3: I'm making him row right now. He's probably busy. <laughs> well, she she told me to pick up this coin, and I, and I I, I did. Wait, wait, I I don't show the coin. Who is she? Uh, just you know, my uh, former uh, em- employer, I guess. Which was who? The the creature that I was entangled with.
1: She told you to pick up a coin.
3: I think that I finished some sort of deal or or promise that she had made to. I don't know something's going on. I, I feel like... Okay, what happened... I feel really connected to the sun.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you and I are opposites in this regard.
3: Like, I don't know if I can sunburn.
1: What <laughs> happened when you picked up this coin?
3: I, I, I mean, I kind of had, like, a, a a vision, I suppose. Yeah, we should probably talk about this more when we're out of danger. I just... I don't know. I didn't know if... I did something that looks like something that you did. I'm not really sure what I can
1: do. I mean that spell that you did, I I do not know many people who are not priests who can do that. So did you become a priest
3: of the sun? I'm not really sure. I mean I still feel like I'm using m- magic.
1: All right. Well, if your former patron has left you, it sounds like she was re- Placed, perhaps? I don't know. Should I roll for this, Nate, to see if I even know what's going on? Knowledge of religion would be delightful. Okay.
3: Creighton's just freaking out and trying to talk to another magic user. Yep,
0: yeah, she got a 21 <laughs> on that. So you saw Creighton channel divine power. You feel 100% that she has been chosen by the Radiant One, the God of Light.
1: Well, Creighton, I think this might be good news. I mean, that was clearly divine power that you called on, and if it was sun, then I would guess that perhaps the Radiant One has chosen you.
3: But that doesn't make any sense. I've never, I mean, I've always respected and honored the Radiant One, but I've never, I mean, that's never been anything that I've been going for, and I've never really considered myself to have the most sunny disposition.
1: (laughs) What we think we want, and I know you wanted Divine Mercy to choose you, and did for a long time, sometimes what we want and what we are supposed to do and supposed to be are two different things. So you could argue with a god if you want to, but I do not think you will win.
3: I guess I just, I don't know if I owe them something for this. I don't know if there's something I'm supposed to be doing.
1: Well, if they chose you, then they are calling on you to serve them and serve the world in their name. It is not a deal the way that Fae deals are deals. As long as you are aligned the way that you need to be aligned, the Radiant One should continue to support you. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) She pulls out her flask and she takes a little sip and hands it to Creighton.
3: Oh, Creighton absolutely takes a little sip, but just furrows her brow and stares into the water. And I suppose also tries to take a short rest.
0: So you conclude your short rests and night falls. And just as night's falling, you can see some stars appearing in the sky and a very large dark shadow blots them out Oh shit. as it passes over your heads, headed back to its lair.
1: We're rowing through the night, right? We're sleeping in shifts and we're just going to keep going.
0: I need, so we have three boats, so I'm going to need three people to roll. We need survival checks with disadvantage because you are in the dark. I can
1: see in the dark.
0: Can you? Let me think about that for a second.
2: I can also see in the dark.
0: I'm more concerned about the swamp monsters that eat things in the dark.
1: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get that.
0: Than I am about you not being able to
1: see, but... But we do have forewarning about how to avoid the swamp monsters. I feel like we're armed with some knowledge here. Okay.
0: I think those of you with dark vision can make the roll regular. There are different threats at night than during the day, but they aren't harder to avoid.
3: Okay. Oh. Sorry, and we're making a survival roll?
0: It is a survival roll. I need one per boat, though, so Creighton, you don't actually have to roll.
3: Oh, okay. okay. You can roll if you want because my roll was really bad. I mean, I don't have dark vision, so
2: your roll is also going to be quite bad. Do You don't have devil sight.
3: I have blind sense, so I can hear oh. things if they're coming. I think within is it thirty feet?
1: Well, my survival roll was a, was a seven. Mine was an eight. Okay. An
2: eight? Oh shit! For some reason, I, th- I thought you had a devil sight.
3: No, I, I got a dagger that gives blind sense.
2: Ah, uh, right, right, right,
0: Which
3: I think I might have previously mistook for blind sight, but Nate was clarifying it with me.
0: Okay, so there's some good news and some bad news here. By morning, you are all lost. Mm. You have no idea where you are, but that means you're also not in a direct line between Bison's lair and your goal, and so there's no sign of the dragon.
1: Cool. Cool. The lane? We'll say to Brandir, can you go up and see if you can get our bearings? Roll me survival. Okay, so I rolled a 14 on that survival roll, which is a 17. Okay. And that was Brandir going up to see if he could get our
0: bearings. So you can spot way, way, way in the distance with your hawk high enough up in the air the river that you are trying to get to and can regather your bearings. With a 17, Brandeer also sees a very large black dragon, really just to the south of you, swooping around the trees, looking feverishly. Okay,
1: she's gonna get Brandeer to come down before he gets seen. Okie dokie. All right, and she's going to course correct for everybody. We're trying to get back to the river, right? Yep. Okay, yep, yeah, she's got a course correct and say, okay, the river is that way, and we just need to keep our general direction that way, and we will make it. Dark vision
0: has distance limitations, but light vision only has the distance limitations of what we're all familiar with. Meaning, now that it is daytime, you are in danger of Bisonth finding you. How do you avoid Bisonth finding you? Hmm. Currently, he appears to be searching a part of the swamp where you would have been. If you hadn't gotten lost.
1: Thank goodness for that.
3: <laughs> Creedon will speak up and say, I feel like I could maybe hide three of us, but but only three of us. And only for a couple minutes. Just to make sure. So we, we did get a long rest.
0: Well, you rode through the night, actually. So you did not get
2: a long rest. Okay. Sorry. Creedon can hide three of us.
3: For a little while, anyway.
1: Only only maybe an hour was that seventeen enough that Bolene could have a sense of getting us a course back to the river that would be off the beaten path and maybe have some tree cover? So, I will point out that there is a location
0: with great tree cover that you are very aware of in the swamp off the river.
1: the bandit camp
0: you suspect that would probably be your best point to take a rest, and you are going to have to force March to get there,
3: yeah, okay. Is that the one that we took out? Yeah, those were like Friker's and his gang. Yeah. Yeah. All right. What about like Friker's hideout?
2: I mean, it's the best option we have, right?
1: Yeah. I cannot think of a better one. That dragon is coming.
2: Yeah, I don't have any good options at the moment for this.
0: Okay. You're going to need to force march row and shift. So, it is morning. You have not slept. The exhaustion is coming, but it's not here yet. Who is rowing? I need one person per boat. Creed and I are in the same boat.
2: Yeah, I'll take the first shift for me and Val.
0: Okay, go ahead and give me a row for you. Max is rowing, because, you know, Max never skips arm day.
3: What checks are these? Athletics? This
0: is athletics.
3: Are you rowing, Frieden, or am I rowing? Well, we probably don't want me to. <laughs> you don't want me to roll athletics. I got a minus one on that. Yeah, okay. I mean, I can I can try.
2: I got a 16.
0: Okay, Max and Zerus are killing it.
3: You uh, maybe want to... Of- throw a, a a little extra oomph my way. <laughs> are there two oars in this canoe? No, I I'm, I'm asking like I'm asking you guidance.
1: for guidance. Oh, oh, yeah, sure. Yes, I will cast guidance on Preden.
3: My noodly arms need a little bit of help. Okay, that is going to be a 13. I got four from that guidance, so thank you. Oh, (laughs) okay.
1: Thanks for the prod. I always forget I can do that. (laughs) Creedon, you
0: have a level of exhaustion at the end of your first four hours of rowing.
3: Okay, what are are the actual effects of exhaustion again?
0: One level of exhaustion is disadvantage on ability checks. Mm.
2: And the next time you row, it's a disadvantage.
0: So that brings us into another four hours of hard rowing.
1: All right, I'll do the next round. I'm going to cast Guidance on myself. I'm going to see if
2: Val can
1: take the next shift.
0: Val takes over. He's an excellent rower.
1: Chom is crushing it. I rolled an 18 and then got a 4 in Guidance, so that's a 17 plus 4 is 21. Boulain
0: powers it. You're doing great. So you're halfway through a day of just forced rowing as hard as you can go. Those of you who did not get to sleep, which is everybody in a canoe, please give yourself one level of... Failure to sleep exhaustion.
3: So then I have two levels.
0: Taking Creed into two.
3: Oh, Christ.
0: Dread's going to take the next shift, though, in our boat. All right. Dread takes a shift rowing. He does all right. He does okay. Max pulls up a level of exhaustion, and Val pulls a level of exhaustion. Mm. So let's see. Max is at two. Val is at two. Chom is at one. Dread is at one.
3: Wait, did we give him guidance?
0: He didn't need it. He didn't that need one it. is yeah. from not oh. sleeping with the rest of you. Okay, another four hours.
1: Who's Rowan? It's Creedence turn with guidance.
3: For, Creedence will, will stop you before you cast guidance on her and say, I want to try something. And she casts guidance on herself.
1: <laughs>
0: Your guidance spell
1: works great. Yay. You've never cast That's that one crazy. before. Belaine is, I mean, you can't see her face, but she's beaming behind her veil.
3: Oh, good. You're, you're mad. Why would I be mad? <laughs>
0: You got one of the good gods on your side.
3: Let's see, that's a 15?
0: Okay, 15 is the DC, so you do not gain a level of exhaustion.
3: Successfully
0: rowing for several more hours. Chomp kills it.
3: Oh, wait, (laughs) I didn't roll that with disadvantage. Sorry, let me... I forgot, because of the exhaustion. Man,
1: Clary, you could have gotten away with it.
3: (laughs) Oh, no, okay, no, I failed it. I'm at three levels of exhaustion. Oh,
1: shit.
2: Okay. I'm actually gonna go ahead and spend my rage to... Make it easier you're gonna angry row you're <laughs> gonna angry row in a row with fury
0: I'm gonna choose to believe that this is the equivalent of attacking the water every turn to keep your. Uh... <laughs> <laughs>
2: he's
1: killing the river he's going to murder the
2: water. My goal is to use the adrenaline and rage to negate the disadvantage from being exhausted and roll a single die rather than to take the low okay all right well on one die it is twenty great.
3: Can I say that a Creighton, whenever she realizes she's going to fail this, she wants to call out to the radiant one and use her favored by the god's ability to add 2d4 to that roll. That is going to bring her to a 16. Nice,
0: that's good enough. You can roll. She
3: calls out, gets a little stamina back in those noodly arms. So she's still just at two levels of exhaustion.
0: The warmth of the sun breaks through the trees, and you feel your muscles refresh on you as you row vigorously.
3: Also, when we are not rowing, can we take a short rest?
0: Short rests are doable, but long rests are not. So let me let me see here. You've been rowing for 28 hours straight. Fuck. When you
1: arrive at the bandit treehouse. I think we just moor the boats and we hide them and then we just go and collapse.
3: When we arrive there. There's nobody there. It's just like we left it. Just like we left it. There's no lizard men. Except there's a really nice mattress in one of the rooms. Did you take the duvet?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will, with whoever will help me, make sure that the boats get hidden as best we can. Yeah, it's got a
0: little alcove for hiding boats, actually. That's and... smart. The place seems abandoned.
1: How convenient. Like they were hiding from dragons before.
3: Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: And from the law.
2: And then I think we need a long rest, then we need to hightail it to the law. And
1: nothing goes wrong, right, Nate? Nothing at all. We just get our long rest.
2: We take
0: a nice eight-hour long rest. Everybody goes down one level of exhaustion. Only one? <laughs> yep.
2: It's one level
3: per
0: <laughs> rest. Only oh,
2: one. How many
1: do you have, Creighton? Three?
3: I I just have one now, but that's still... Yeah, thankfully I used my gambit, and I'm glad I did.
0: I mean, the good news is, because you've been rowing for 28 hours straight, you're actually in good travel time.
3: Yeah, because the the bandit
0: camp wasn't that far from the lock, right? It was halfway between the locks, so you're one day of leisurely
1: boating down the river from... Leisurely if we don't get spotted.
0: Yeah, that's the real clencher. So every day... The dragon is seen over the top of this river at least once, so you have a choice. You can leisurely boat down the river.
1: Can we go at night? Yeah.
0: You could go at night.
1: So. Elaine looks at Zerus and says, what do you know about his night vision? Does he have it? It's probably good,
2: but it's still better to travel at night. It'll give us an advantage on hiding. Yeah, we rode for 12 hours to get here this morning. We rest for 12 hours, so it should be nighttime when we get up. Or We rest for eight hours.
1: We should should go under cover of night.
2: Yeah, we should go as quickly as we can after.
0: Okay. You're doing a night boat down to the South Lock. In order to get there... Two of us can see just fine. (laughs) It's fine. No, you're past
2: the really dangerous part. Is there any other supplies, like a larger boat or anything in the hideout?
0: Most of the boats were destroyed when you raided them.
3: (sighs) And... By the huge alligator that we found. Yeah,
0: by the, the big alligator belly flopping on them.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, small boats are going to be better anyway with the canoe. So, okay.
0: So you head at night. It doesn't look like the dragon's out at night. So you can boat down the river. I will need one athletics check because this is not a lazy boat down the river. You want to get to your goal by morning. Okay. You have a need for some speed.
1: Sure. All right. Elaine will take her turn.
3: Okay. Who who has the least exhaustion? I am now not exhausted. Yeah, okay. okay you, you get this one. <laughs> yes, I get this one.
2: Can I get help from Valrictus and we can do it together?
0: Yeah, you Val can help you. He has one level of exhaustion.
1: I, I got
3: a nine. So that's back oh, up. Oh, is that with guidance? That's with guidance. Okay.
2: I got a 17 for our vote.
0: Okay. So, Cretan or Dread can also try to pick up Boulain's slack, but if they fail, you are both getting...
1: What's Dread's strength? Ten. And yours is eight, Cretan?
3: Yeah, so he is
1: he's better primed. If we we we'll put guidance on him.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> he fails.
0: Oh. Okay. Dread and Boulain are arriving with one level of exhaustion. You pull into the lock. It's so early in the morning, the sun is just starting to peak above the horizon and standing out on the lock itself holding a, a big steaming mug of something is Melbourne Grey Street.
1: (laughs) So happy to see you.
0: As you pull up, he says, Well we've seen some dragons. Well just one, really. Mm. But saw him a couple times. What are you all uh you all wouldn't know anything about that, would you?
2: Of course not. That's just the dragon we're running from.
0: Ah, well, he'll be here in probably two hours if his schedule holds.
1: Two hours.
2: (laughs) Great. Just enough time to prepare. So, Bullen, you got the plan?
1: Got the plan.
2: (sighs) Let's go over it.
1: Melbourne, we need to trap him in the doors. Huh.
0: That's a novel approach. Uh, can you get him into the water and near the doors?
1: He likes to attack from the water, from what we understand. So if we are on the water and he is looking for us, he should be taking the bait and come down into the water.
0: Okay, go ahead. And um, we're going to need to put that bait right next to the doors while they're closed.
2: Mm -hmm. That'll be me.
0: And then I'm going to open the gate once he's close enough. Yep. You can stand on the lock. You can stand in the lock operator's cabin, or you can be on a boat on either side. Although when I open the lock up, the water is going to rush right on through with any
2: boats with it. Yep.
1: We need to make it so that he thinks coming up from under the water is the best bet.
2: I think me in the water will be a good incentive for him.
0: Okay, so we are going to do this as a skill challenge. Why do I say that? We're exhausted. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's just awesome.
0: (laughs) I mean, the other option is you can hide for a day (laughs) Mm -hmm. in order to get a nap in.
3: I mean, I kind of think that we maybe should try that. (laughs) Fighting with exhaustion is going to be tough. I mean, we could hide for a day and just recover if he doesn't find us. What do you think, Zerus? Andy doesn't decide to go on the warpath.
2: I think we should end it sooner than later.
3: Okay. I don't know. I mean, if we fall in the water and are having to swim out, that's...
2: Speaking of, I need one of those potions.
3: Oh, one of the alter self
2: potions? Yeah, it's necessary if I'm going to be in the water. No boat.
3: I had that we already passed them all out.
2: Yeah, okay, great.
3: So it should already be in your inventory.
2: Okay.
0: So, this is a skill challenge. It is a little different. Unlike successes before failures, there will be 10 rolls in this skill challenge. You may have your NPCs make the rolls for you. Each roll that fails decreases the DC the dragon has to save against to avoid getting slammed into these doors. So, you have to describe to me how you are going to lure this dragon in or make it more likely that he is next to the doors and who's doing it.
1: I could send him a message that we're here. Have you seen him? Oh, I guess you have. You
0: want to use sending to taunt him?
1: Well, I want to make sure he knows where we are because we want him to come specifically here. So yeah, I'm going to send him a message and say, what, what would you like it to say, Zeros?
3: Wait, do we have the army barges here?
1: Let's
0: see here. The army barges, we're supposed It's been 28 plus another 12 is four. 40. You are a day ahead of the army barges. Oh,
3: crap. Okay, we should really sleep. We
2: really should sleep and wait for the army to get
0: here. I
3: really think that maybe we should wait for...
2: Wasn't our goal to save the lives of these soldiers? It was.
1: It's true.
3: I forgot about that. (laughs) I'm just so tired.
1: If we could just get him trapped between the doors, then we can sleep for a day and come back and wreck him.
3: (laughs) I don't think that that's how it's going to (laughs) work. All right. I think we might get like three rounds. Mm Hmm. Which was it really just going to be us versus this dragon?
1: Okay, so do you want me to do ascending to taunt him and get him to come here? Mm
2: -hmm. Yep, just say... We've got some of your stuff at the lock. All right. That works.
1: You can roll me Arcana or Intimidate. I'm going to go for Intimidation because I actually get a two on that. Okay. You taunt him. Can I give myself guidance? Yeah. I'll give you guidance. (laughs) Oh, that's... uh, Well, okay. Thirteen.
0: Okie dokie.
1: He can reply if he wants.
2: He
0: doesn't. Okay. (sighs) It's even more concerning.
1: I mean, I wasn't totally expecting that.
2: Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and work with Dread to figure out the best place to post people up in the lock.
0: So, is this a tactical thing? You could use either perception or survival, I think, or investigate, I guess. Yep. And that's why Dread's going to lead. Okay. Dread is going to do that role. And per the usual, Dread is a god. He pulls in a
2: 38.
1: Oh my God. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that's why I didn't want to roll that
1: one. We are all strategically nice. placed. Where are we, right. Nate?
2: You have used Dread,
0: so he is doing something. What else you got?
2: I want to use, what's his name? Mal? No, what's his name? Melbourne?
0: Melbourne, Gray
2: Street? Melbourne. I want to talk with Gray Street and have us go over the plan, review it, make sure the lock is oiled and well functioning. Okay. Using Melbourne's. Skills to...
1: Investigation, maybe?
0: No, he a tools kit for this uh, proficiency. Melbourne pulls a 24, so he is busy, but that is a success.
2: Okay, that's three down and seven to go. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that I will be in the water when the time comes, specifically waving nodig and doing my best to get Bison's attention at the lock door.
0: I think you can roll deception to be a distraction. That's probably the best one I can think of, unless you can think of a better one.
2: Can I roll Persuasion? <laughs> I'm not trying to deceive him. I have his stuff. I'm just trying to get him to fight me. Okay, we, I'm willing to go with that. Let's say 12. Okay,
0: your plan is to taunt him in. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've got four rolls underway. You still got a Max and a Chom and a valrictus.
3: We also have ourselves, right? We yep. can do stuff
2: Well, no, you're the only one who hasn't hasn't done something boulain said doing the sending and, and i'm doing the taunting unless we can do more
3: <laughs> oh hmm mm. okay so i do have some sovereign glue and i'm <laughs> giving me a look like you've forgotten that i got this you're gonna put
1: it on the doors
3: Well, if I put it on the doors, the door's already closed, unless we can, like, crack them and leave them cracked for a little bit, but I'm wondering if I can really get them stuck in there with the sovereign glue. trying to think of a way that I could use that as a preparation action, and wondering if it might be better to have one of these stronger people actually apply it.
1: They're like this kind of door, right? Like, they hinge, Mm -hmm. right? They don't hinge, they actually
0: vice in at an angle. Oh, okay. So they slide, but at an angle.
1: So do they not quite touch? Or the edges? No, they touch. Okay. They
0: absolutely touch the edges. I think the way to do that, Creighton, is to hide yourself or someone else to apply the Sovereign Glue as the doors are opened.
3: Okay. What kind of check is that going to be?
0: Probably stealth. Okay. Dread.
3: Get Dread to do it. Dread's already done a thing. Oh, he's already done a thing.
0: Dread is actively positioning people along the lock.
2: Dread, who's best
0: for this?
3: (laughs) I mean, my stealth isn't awful.
0: You know, Max is pretty good. He's not wearing armor. And And
3: he's pretty strong. I mean, I'm reasonably stealthy myself, and I can cast Guidance on myself as well. That's true. I love it.
0: Okay, go ahead. Make a stealth here, Creighton.
3: Okay. Oh, Oh, do I have anything that will let me give myself advantage? No, I don't. Bummer. Oh, no. I rolled a four. So that's going to be... Let's see with Guidance. That's nine. Okay. So we've had three
1: successes and one failure now. Well,
2: it's uh, it's working a little differently.
0: I'm not telling you the DCs before you roll them.
3: I'm really having a funky day here. Poop. (laughs) Wait, if I had cast invisibility on myself beforehand, would that have let me do this? You
0: can have advantage. Okay. By virtue that your plan includes casting invisibility as the dragon gets close.
3: Yes, I am happy to cast that as the dragon gets close. I've marked my spell slot. Oh, come on. Okay, oh boy, that's a 19, so that's going to be 24 stealth.
0: Okay, we can take that failure back. Max is going to position himself to apply extra strength to the chains to move the gate faster to both open and close it. Max gets a 22
2: on this. I'm glad we have them.
1: Your new ability can let you see through magical darkness? Yes. Okay, she's going to clear this with Zerus first, but she would like to position herself above the lock to cast Darkness right when Bicep doesn't have time to turn around. She wants to cast Darkness on the area.
0: Okay, stealth or deception would be good to be close enough that you don't tip off this dragon.
1: What about perception? Because she's looking for just the right moment. The
0: perception roll will be spotting the dragon as he approaches you in the water. The DC will be very difficult
1: okay i'll do it i'm gonna cast guidance on myself okay come on oh oh that's okay 21 plus 6 is 27
2: that is quite good that's great
3: i hope the very high dc means 25
2: Okay. (laughs) if the point you choose is an object you're holding or one that isn't being worn or carried the darkness emanates from the object and moves with it
1: i can choose you as the or the doors, we can figure that out. What would be the best point of the center point?
2: S- something, something I can get. So you can't buy the rules here. You can't cast it on me, oh, or anything I'm holding, because it has to be a point you choose that is an object you you are holding or that isn't being worn or carried. So I, I could do it on the doors, or you could shoot me with an arrow.
1: <laughs> Yeah, let me handicap you in this fight where we're already kind of fucked.
2: If the darkness works, being surrounded by darkness that only affects people trying to attack me is worth 10 damage.
3: Okay.
1: I do have a crossbow, so
2: I can shoot you with the crossbow.
3: You just have to make sure that you hit with it. Isn't he pretty hard to hit?
2: (laughs) No, I'm 14.
3: Okay.
0: Zerus, no. Dragon, yes. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: The Dread Files. The Palmville Massacre. We track the incident to Ground Zero, inside the tomb of Astra Thirteenth, sainted hero of the Radiant One. The large tomb doors showed signs of tampering, complete with broken historic wards against undeath, located behind the door slabs. The interior showed signs of combat, recent foot traffic in the otherwise undisturbed dust of decades, and a recent bricked-up downward staircase. Inside was a silver inlaid circle, designed to house a protection from evil circle, and a hole likely meant for the legendary rod of Astra retrieved by the Dark Arbiters. Flakes of jade were found in the vicinity, forming part of a cheekbone consistent with a human skull. The tomb posted no obvious warnings, implying the evil hidden was purposely obscured from the public, which explains why the Dark Arbiters removed it at all, despite the signs of containment magic. Nearly every instance of human and animal remains were animated, but some investigation made it clear that a few exceptions applied. All headstones bearing the names Strain, Baker, or Belladonna were left untouched. According to city records, an Amaranth Strain married a Lamia Belladonna nearly 100 years ago before the emergence of Fairy Thorns. Amaranth and Lamia were listed as Silent Judge officiants, and no record exists of them after the Purge of the Undead by Paladin Astra. Legend from the capital states that Astra was forced to kill the local priests of the Silent Judge for raising the dead, and it's fair to assume this included Amaranth and Lamia, one of which is likely responsible for the malevolent force that accosts the town. Why the creatures spared the Baker family remains unclear at this time. It is clear from the damage throughout the graveyard, the malevolent force is capable of animating a variety of undead types, within a certain proximity, unblockable by dirt, wood, cloth, and other simple materials used in basic burial. The entity had control of its power, enough to decide what to and what not to animate. Given the simplistic nature of the labeled last name being the only quality used to distinguish one set of remains from another, it is safe to assume the evil force in question can sense remains, but not learn anything about them. They either retain a flawless memory from life after decades of death, or maintain the ability to read. Given the extensive analysis of the footprints and dig marks in the graveyard, it's clear that the entity either had a range of about 200 feet, or the ability to fly or be in an incorporeal form to close the distance. Interviews with survivors of the massacre describe the undead as being at times directed and searching, if dim-witted, and at other times completely aimless and non-hostile, particularly around the edge of town. Statements indicate that exposure to strong sources of light, predominantly daybreak, rendered the undead into aimless and non-hostile forms also. A few select accounts speak of single undead, moving with purpose and intellect, searching the remains of the historic Astra family home before being dispatched by guards. A second sighting near the cemetery of a clearly intelligent undead implies that the malevolent force could override an animated body and possess it for direct action on the material world, and then simply move on when the body was destroyed. This all implies that the undead require a minder to give them some will to do tasks, likely a proximity effect to a more powerful undead. I have deemed it too dangerous at this time to enter the space below the mausoleum that the dark arbiters have bricked up. I am unable to learn the nature of this immense power, but I am certain the extrasensory abilities required and the near limitless capability to animate undead, as well as the weakness to sunlight, all imply immense divine power at least on par with a divine avatar, and a force directly opposed by the Radiant One. No church records speak of any divine-level power with such a relationship to the sun god or to undeath. Again, evidence of indoctrinated lies. Initial report concluded. Update. The Dark Arbiters are hunting an entity known as Vecna in Turtle Bay for crimes associated with undeath and the Palmville disaster. I have concluded that they are not being hired by Provincial Governor Tanglebeard or Admiral Lunari, and they are taking pains to hide their true benefactor. Church Doctrine describes Vecna as a roaming demon or a single human soul escaped from a particularly sad or troublesome corner of the Divine Realm. Is it possible that Palmville's disaster was the result of a single rogue human soul? Are demons truly that powerful? Or is this the name of the divine level power at odds with the god of the sun, and yet another example of inconsistent doctrine? I deduce the latter, for there are legends of mortals and fae capable of summoning demons with far less disastrous effect. What has given the dark arbiters the confidence to confront such a creature? I must find the answer before it gets Creighton killed. And that answer must be in Turtle Bay. Secondary report concluded. So at this point, you have made eight rolls. Chom is going to copy Max and attempt to, again, increase the speed at which this, the walls open and close. So Chom, Max, Melbourne, and Dread are all busy. You've got a vowel left. And then one more person needs to roll.
3: I think we should just have Val in some kind of striking position. Yeah, I was going to say, let's put Val with Zerus and they can go after him together once he's trapped. You're
1: going to be in the prime position to do that. Sure.
3: Val can pretend to be a pile of treasure.
1: <laughs> we can give him one of the altar Self potions. And
2: I will, as my other option, we will go to a blacksmith and I will intimidate the blacksmith into giving us proper provisions for Val so that he has good equipment.
0: Okay, yeah. Equipping people works. Roll me an Intimidate roll.
3: Man, if this doesn't work, I'm going to be in so much trouble for gluing the the doors shut on this (laughs) lock. (laughs) Because they'll never come apart, right? (laughs) They never... I might already be in trouble for putting glue on the lock.
2: 19. That's very successful. Val
0: takes several Black Dragon Scales that he found, let's say, uh, scatters them over the top of the lock and is standing on it in an intimidating fashion. I'm I'm intimidated.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good move. Could I do ascending to the Allfather to get him to show up too?
0: You have seen the Allfather? I don't know if he's going to understand it, but... You would need to speak with Animal Combo? Hmm, I don't have that. I will say you know someone who talks to the Allfather regularly. I do? You do? His name is indescribable.
1: <laughs> is he with us? No. Oh, but I could say ascending to him. Yeah, I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do ascending to indescribable and say, we are hoping to trap the dragon. If the All Father wants his peace, he should come and get it. Okay. Persuasion. Can I do persuasion? Yeah.
2: I just want to put out for the record, I don't like this plan. It's
1: happening. Because <laughs> I'm busy, but I don't, I don't like this plan at all. Oh, that's not great.
3: This is a wildly insane thing that we're doing.
1: (laughs) It is a wildly insane thing that we're doing.
3: I'll be so sad if I die. (laughs) I got a 10 on the
1: roll and then 13 with the guidance. Okay.
3: All right. Well, ladies
0: and gentlemen, we have completed our challenge.
3: Hey, quick question. Before we uh, actually begin the combat or whatever is coming, we said that we were going to give one of the Ultra Soul Potions to Val, but then we need to know who doesn't have one because I think the plan was that if you were flung into the water that you drink it and you can become, like, you, you can be able to breathe underwater and such, so we need to know who does not have that.
2: I think it's dread <laughs> dread should stay away from the combat. Yeah, okay. He should not be in a position to be messed up that way.
3: No, oh, that makes the most sense. Creedon doesn't like it, but she accepts it. And he's also, he placed all the people. You know he put himself in the best possible place.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'll have my potion done 10 minutes before we expect him. So okay. we've been hyping up these potions. <laughs> it's go time. It's go time, yeah.
3: Yeah, I'm wondering if I should drink mine ahead of time as well, just to give me the option to go in.
2: Well, let me let me go ahead and drink mine first.
3: What do we think? I'm going to point out that Creedon,
1: Boulain, and Dread really should not be in the thick of this conflict. We really should do it from a distance.
3: No, but we can get knocked into the water or something, and, and that will give us the ability to not have to use an action to survive in there. That's true. Okay, yep. This is the reason that we got the potions. Yep, okay. When we see the dragon
1: coming, well, we should do that. Okay. Okay. So I drink my potion.
3: Will- Creighton drinks her potion. Uh-oh. What do you mean, Well
2: Roll me a d20. Who? I was so just if he even shows. <laughs> I've gotten a 15 nat- natural on the die. All right, just a second.
3: If this doesn't work, we're going to be such fools and also barbecue. And dead. No. It's acid.
1: We're going to dissolve It's acid. acid. It doesn't barbecue
2: yeah. you. It's not fire. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Chemical burns. Much better. I'm sorry. What
2: did you roll, Zerus? 15. 15.
3: I wanted to leave a pretty corpse.
2: You'll get to say <laughs> I'm melting at least. <laughs> Pop culture reference for the win.
3: As my stockings roll up into the locked doors. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Your striped stockings, yes. Perfect. <laughs> you know Creedon has striped stockings. Oh, she totally does. Goth child, yeah. And the goth child who worships the sun. Uh-huh. Now.
3: Hey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gone from love to the sun. I didn't ask for this. We're going to rename her Sunshine because it's so yeah.
3: ironic. They worship me. I didn't pick this. (laughs) They worship me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They worship me. The sun worships me. Oh, shit. And just like that, she loses all her power. (laughs) (laughs) What did I tell you? Keep the alignment. Keep the alignment you need. Okay. You
0: drink a potion. I will say that these were not custom made for you. They were custom made for someone else.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Extremely well hung fish people.
1: I mean, it was those kinds of parties.
3: <laughs> but it's
1: aerodynamic.
3: <laughs> it's, a, it's a fin.
1: <laughs> exactly.
3: It's how we steer. So, Zerus,
0: choose a number between 1 and 1,000. Oh,
3: my choose God.
2: Choose a number between 1 and 1,000. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Give me a second.
3: I don't like this. <laughs> 630.
0: Okay. You drink this potion. A pale valor comes across your face. Your teeth elongate into vampiric fangs. Your ears come to points, and you, sir, are a damn fear—a half vampire.
2: I, I need that darkness. It can breathe underwater.
0: <laughs> you have an incredible sexy appeal. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, wait. Does that increase my charisma? It gives you advantage on your charisma rolls.
2: No. No, I need, I need numbers, raw numbers.
0: <laughs> Actually, yeah, 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 hold on a second. So you're using Alter Self to appear as a damn fear. You have a bite attack.
2: Cool, cool.
0: That's what you got out of that. Can I swim? I mean, about, about as well as you could before.
3: Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I'm going to find that man again. <laughs> and
1: okay. make him drink all his potions
2: okay. at once. So real quick. Hey, Melbourne, buddy, I need to swim right now. How can you help me? And I turn on the charm. You turn on the charm. <laughs> flash my damn beard fangs at it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> A little sparkly smile. He goes, ping. Uh... <laughs>
2: he
0: says, I can't I can't make you swim good, but I can make it so
2: you won't drown. Alright, I'll take it. Oh, this is real bad. Oh, it's real, real bad. So he will cast water breathing.
3: Okay. Gray Street has water breathing? He's a cleric. (laughs) That works on a lock that makes so much sense.
0: (laughs) Of which god cannot confirm, but he is a cleric. We know he likes masks. He casts water breathing and actually everyone, all of you have water breathing.
1: Yay, excellent. Because he can do it on ten targets.
2: Since these are duds and we have water breathing, does anyone mind if I take theirs and try spin the wheel again?
1: Yeah, here, take my alter self and do it. I'm gonna try not to be in this fight directly. Uh <laughs> will happily hand over her potion. I think
3: that Creedon would have done a bottoms up with you. Oh, so shit. I think it's okay. too late for her.
2: <laughs> All right. Creedon, i need your number between one and a thousand. Oh, okay.
0: All
3: you, right. You
2: don't want a D twenty roll, you just want the number between one and one thousand? Just yeah, just one and a thousand.
0: The chances that you got something that isn't this potion are not are not there
3: Four hundred and fifty. That's what the internet has rolled for me.
0: Okay. <laughs> Creedon, you are an aquatic elf.
3: Hell yeah. That sounds great.
0: You can breathe underwater and swim. Nicely done.
3: Oh, perfect. It works great. <laughs> and then she looks over at Zerus looking like a vampire. <laughs> oh, God.
0: <laughs> I will say you are a particularly buxom aquatic elf.
3: <laughs> Nothing's changed.
2: <laughs> I have rolled 572. Okay. Zerus, you are a gnomish
0: tripod. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Dragging on the ground, but a gnome.
2: Well, that won't uh, that won't affect me too badly in the water. So, I guess I'm done trying to. Uh... Can you use it as a propeller?
3: So, so you are not a vampire anymore, though. You're
1: not
2: a vampire no. gnome. No, he is now uh, in a well down Can I? Can I be a vampire gnome? <laughs> one at a
0: time one at a time okay Uh, anyway everybody else is really enjoying this (laughs) so you want you want another one i believe you have uh six of these
2: (laughs) i i think i'll try one more i do yeah okay this isn't gonna work out for me guys i'm gonna try one more all right so that's four down this would be the fourth one all right that is 243
0: Mm. oh interesting you are a duck person
1: that works, that works. Ducks can enough. dive and come up and you can breathe because of the spell.
0: You have a swim speed.
2: It's 20.
0: And ornithologists will have to ponder <laughs> your bizarre... Anatomy? <laughs> bizarre anatomy. Okay. Suffice to say you're ready for a sexy party.
2: <laughs> we we got there. Everybody Waddle Waddle Clack.
3: Greetings <laughs> <you> <laughs> Squints at and Zerus is like, what are you doing? This really wasn't that hard. How what's wrong with your potions? <laughs> <laughs> Did you spike it?
0: I guess. <sighs> Alright, so we have two left. Max and Dred are gonna
2: or not Dread, uh Max and
1: No, oh, do, do Everybody's got water breathing. They should wait. To drink them if they need to.
2: Yeah, everyone else should wait. I just, I'm in the water, so I need to swim speed. Okay, okay. What about Val? Do you want Val
0: to? He's not in the water, right? No, at the moment, he's on top of the lock.
1: No, we were going to put him with you
2: in the water.
3: Yeah, he's he's going to be with you, so it might actually make sense for him.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, he should he should probably, yeah.
3: Swallow your pride, my friend. Should
2: we roll a number for Val? Let's
0: see, Val rolls a 989. Drinker's choice.
3: That's got to be, like, near Demigod that can definitely breathe underwater. I
1: don't know if this is that kind of scale. I mean, I don't know if it's, like, higher is better. Oh, Wow. He sprouts
0: a tail and horns. His skin turns purple. He is a gorgeous tiefling of very androgynous perspective.
3: This was a quality change.
0: (laughs) Yep. That's what he got.
2: All right. Since we have one left, I do think we might want to just stop rolling the wheel, but or we can let... Valric, just try one more time.
3: Oh, uh, let's see if he
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to become a dragonborn, and then that'll give, just give so many conflicted feelings.
2: So we let him take one, the last one or no? Yeah, he'll try the last one. That's all right. we got here.
0: Oh, shit. He's a dragonborn.
1: Oh, <laughs> shit. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, that should give him some tools. What color?
0: That's a good question.
3: Brass,
0: it seems. Oh,
3: what is that one?
0: That's the sand ones, I think.
3: Yeah, they're
1: good desert dragons.
2: Yeah, I believe he's a fire-breathing
0: dragon.
1: Are they? Oh, you're about to be in a steam sauna.
0: Yeah. He's a fire-breathing desert dragon. Yep.
3: How's he taking that?
0: Uh, he looks like he's ready to breathe some fire
1: on somebody.
3: That's good. I like the tiefling better. I'm so glad we have him in the water next
1: to the judge who exiled him. This is great. He, he's yeah, going to behave, right? He's fine. totally going to behave.
0: No friendly fire here. So, a signal goes up from the edge where you know Dread was positioned. A single arrow shoots straight up into the air and comes down in the middle of the water. You know that means the dragon is here. Bulain, you spot him. Deep underwater, there is a wave approaching you as it begins to close in on Zerus. It's time to shoot Zerus with a darkness crossbow bolt.
1: Okay, so I just rolled
0: a hit? You just rolled a hit, yeah. It's a ranged attack, so dex plus proficiency.
1: Oh, that's not bad. That's an 18. Okay, you shoot
2: him. Roll me a d8. One. One damage. (laughs) Perfect. I'm also, I'm going to cast Armor of Agathis.
0: Sirius, Armor of Agathis is up and you are plunged into darkness. A darkness that you can see in. You feel something become disoriented underneath you as it spins around in the dark. And with that, the dragon is going to roll his saving throw. The DC at the end of your skill challenge was 24. The dragon has plus 7. He fails. The gate slides open. Water begins to pour through. Zerus, I need also a strength saving throw from you dc 24
2: quick question can i have a raged also i'm okay with that yeah all right and then you need a what save athletics strength oh strength safe forever right,
0: right, right. yep strength saving throw dc 24 no
2: nope. a problem i have a plus six to this roll i have advantage because i'm raging i've rolled an 18 for a 24
0: wow that's great the dragon slams into the hole and the water rushes and you find yourself slammed into the dragon and not spit through the lock opening and into the next room in the next part of the river. Creedon, you dump a vial of sovereign glue directly down one side of this lock, and the dragon gets glued.
3: Yay! I'm going to be in so much trouble for that infrastructure, damage.
0: Xeris, you have slammed into the dragon. What is the radius on darkness?
2: 60 feet, I think.
0: 15 foot sphere. Yeah, 15 15 foot sphere. sphere. Okay, so good news. The dragon is 15 foot by 15 foot. Now, the bad news is, no one can see the dragon, except for you, because it is now encolved in magical darkness. But the dragon can't see any of you either.
3: Wait, can we not see its, like, butt hanging out the other side?
0: Well, let's see what happens here. So, it actually ended up head first out the gate. So, basically, it has slammed into the gate. The gate has closed, basically, at his neck. You have glued... The scales of his neck to the side of the lock, 15 feet of darkness from back, you can see his head poking out... And it's facing away. ...the backside of the dam. He's facing downriver. He's facing downriver, yeah. Okay, so we're behind him. We're, We're behind his head. Or even with him, but mostly you're behind his head. He has this long, scaly neck. His features have become almost desiccated looking, and so he looks... Like a skull, almost, but you can see it. And with that, it is nine o'clock. So let's go ahead and
3: oh, oh, Nate! I had spells, (laughs) I had spells to use. Oh, Oh. I thought we would add time because of the the failed.
0: And that is our show for today. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson and to My Pet Machine for our tunes, Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo, and you, because you are going to give us a reading and review if you have not done so already. Come back for the exciting conclusion a Book 3 of the Carrots and Suffering Chronicles. We've already begun recording Book 4, same characters as they head into AstraGar. See you next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey.